All right, welcome back to All American Wine and Whiskey, Season Four, Episode One. Back for a new year. All right, welcome back, yeah. boys. Yeah, uh, it has been a while. Uh, with me as always, my buddy Wee Man. What's going on, everyone? Philly Phil, how we doing? Doing good. Boy, it's been a little bit long time here, boys. It's been a minute. Uh, what was the last podcast we did? Uh, you and you, I. You two. Wait, Bardstown, right? Or no? Oh wait, yeah, we went to Bardstown, right? Wow, that's been a while. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Um, yeah, so glad everybody's back with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, you, uh, if for any new listeners, you found us here. We are going to give a thirty-minute uh, podcast here about all things American wine and whiskey. And today we're going to be doing a wine um, from Napa Valley. Uh, today is the Diamond Creek. Uh, it's a 2012 all pure 100% cab sauve. Um, and this is specific their gravely meadow, which is a five acre, um, little microclimate that diamond Creek owns. And then, um, kind of a cool thing about this, this is a 2012. So we, man, what's, um, what do you, what's your thoughts on 2012 vintages? Um, well, if it's a cab, it should still be holding up pretty nicely. I would imagine. I would imagine it should, right? Should Good be. cab. Yep. Yeah. Um, Phil, you know anything about 12s? 12? Yeah, like 2012, the year, Napa, anything? Was that the, was that, was the, that the fires? No, no fires. Is it dry? It was pretty dry. Yeah. yeah, it was a great growing season. Um, kind of one of my favorites. It's like this classic one. 2011 was probably one of the shit shows of all years. Um, now, some of the microclimates all throughout Napa are a little bit different, but kind of on the base floor, you saw that 2011 was pretty bad for most wineries. Uh, it was really wet. Grapes got fat. They got lazy. Didn't produce a lot of good wine. 2012, very dry. Um, you know, a lot more stringent on the fruit. Um, stress is good for fruit, for, waking, for making wine. So um, it's a great year. Um, and diamond Creek is one of those old school, like kind of the, I guess one of the first kind of cult microclimate, small block, small vineyard, single cluster, all cabs off. Um, I think it's one of the coolest, uh, microclimates in Napa. Yeah. As far as where it's lit or where it sits in Calistoga. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so kind of a unique one. Um, this is the, uh, a special bottle. It's the 40th anniversary bottle. So, um, if you can do some math, when it was the first bottle released there, Philly Phil? 2012, 2002. Should I help him out? Yeah. You, uh, you 1992. Get, let's see if we can get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first bottle came out in 72. I think there actually was a little bit of a vintage of 71 that came out. Um, but the winery started in 68 and uh, obviously kind of took about four years in the process to kind of get it up and running. Um, and then obviously, uh, get, you know, fruit, get it to barrel, get it to bottle. Um, so this is the 40th anniversary. So I kind of mentioned, um, uh, kind of a famous winery, uh, sits up in Calistoga and, um, there's been some changes over the last years during, uh, COVID, but, uh, I thought it'd be a kind of a neat one for us to, to go to and, uh, venture into for our first, uh, recording of the season. So we'll get into that. Did you guys, um, do anything fun during break? Any good wines or whiskeys or anything that you can think of? I mean, I know we man and I went, did our last little Bardstown tasting and end of the season. 
um, in a bang. But uh, I don't know. Anything else that, that was had that was fun that anybody got a chance to do or have? We picked up that Jack Daniels whiskey for in Vegas. Oh, yeah. The, the McLaren yeah. bottle. The yeah. McLaren bottle. <laughs> yeah. So we went out to Vegas again, you know. Philly Phil got COVID again. Phil got COVID again. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing. Um, while we were out there, I don't know if there was anything superb, but we definitely drank some whiskey and had some fun and, you know, what maybe went to a optional pool or two. <laughs> <laughs> May have had a good parlay. That was right, yeah. <laughs> might have had a seven-game parlay on. that uh, might have to go collect funds to at some point here. Um, well, you've you've been all over the place. You've been in Europe. I have been in Europe. Had some some wine there and some whiskey, if I remember correctly. I'm trying to remember what whiskey I had. You had the Pappies in London, did you not? Oh, that was after though. I'd already done that. Wow. Yeah. Most recently, I was in Italy. There wasn't a lot of good. And what happened there? Um, I ate a bunch of food and drank a bunch of wine. And who- not a lot of American stuff though that we could <laughs> talk about on here. And you got the Italian COVID, right? Oh, yeah, and I brought the Italian COVID home, too. But, you know, <laughs> kept us from recording for you know, another week or two. But that's fine. Um, yeah, so it's, I guess it's kind of the same for me. There wasn't a, a lot of, like, aha stuff that I had. You know, not a lot of things that were just amazing bottles. Um, Thanksgiving was pretty good, though. Um, you guys saw on Instagram, we were able to open up. Um, we had a 2007 Kiever. Um, that was really good. Uh, we had a 2001 Del Dotto. That was good. Yes, it was. Um, you know, so there were some, uh, there were some good hitters, I thought, for uh, for Thanksgiving. So we did have a couple of little unique bottles. Um, I um, smoked a turkey. Oh, that's good. First time to smoke turkey breast. Well, that's awesome. Turned out pretty awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, are you running a separate podcast about smoking I meat? I may. I may start smoking <laughs> <laughs> Philly Phil smokes meat. <laughs> I mean, in the early days, right? We always had some smoking. Yeah, we always used to pair stuff back in the day, but you know, we've kind of cut that short a little bit. And yeah. Moved on and cut our segments down to thirty minutes because you were drunk by the second one anyway, so it didn't really <laughs> matter. Um, all right, we'll get and kind of get back into this. So, um, Diamond Creek, uh, like I had mentioned, this is the Gravely Meadow. A uh, couple things about Diamond Creek: it is a um, I guess a, a, a decent sized property. Um, there's four different uh, kind of sections where um, these cab solves are planted um, and they're kind of got their own little microclimates. The The Gravely Meadow, I think, is probably the coolest of all the four of them. Um, it's five acres, like I mentioned. I think one of the other ones, like the volcanic one, was like seven acres. They've got like one by the lake and then another one. So um, Calistoga is just a, a really cool town. Um, it just sits probably about a, a not, not even a mile off of like the main road going up to Calistoga. Um, I visited the area. I've not got a chance to visit Diamond Creek. I've, I visited a neighboring wine, um, uh, Teachworth and then uh, T Berkeley. Um, both of those, uh, the winemaker, same winemaker, um, has his own label and then does the Teachworth stuff. And it's just like right across from there. Um, there definitely was some fires. I don't think Diamond Creek had the impact. Uh, Teacher Earth actually did. They lost their their house, unfortunately, um, during that most recent round of fires that came through in 2020. Um, but as we man mentioned, microclimate wise, it is very unique. It, it it's got a lot of coolness to it. So be interested to see how this is. I know there's some volcanic, um, you know, 
areas as far as the the soil and stuff around there um one of theirs is really volcanic but i think this one's a little bit more rocky so it's i think we'll get a river bed, I believe. yeah an old riverbed there you go um so i think we'll probably get some of those tones out of this today so um we man what do you know or what have you learned a little bit about diamond creek um kind of doing research was well this gravelly meadows like you mentioned um a lot of rock yeah small microclimate so i i haven't tasted this yet but i'm expecting uh a more mineral rocky taste yeah uh it took yeah. a while probably to get these vines down in there and, and growing um but now that they're established um that's that's what i'm anticipating once we taste this yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. I think a lot of the vines, these vines specific, I think, to this bottle. I know, I know when it got sold, and we and you guys might want to touch base on the transition of the family and all that stuff, that's fine. We can add that later. Um, these vines are kind of the original 1968 plants. I know that they had ripped up and I think had changed everything in 2020 when the ownership changed over. Um, but it is very unique. It was one of the very first Cabsov-only plantings it kind of happened in Napa and it's funny because if you think about Napa now, I mean, what's the first thing you think about? It's cab solve, right? hundred yep. percent cab solve. And, and this is really what kind of put, helped put Napa on the map. Um, you know, one little location um, straight there, you know, right, you know, at the winery, you know, there's not like multi locations or blends or anything like that. Straight 100% cab solve. So um, kind of an interesting thing. What, what else did you, um have you seen about it we man um well i think you touched on this earlier as well they have a couple different areas within the winery itself um i know this was sold in 2020 which i guess we'll touch on at some point sure um but yeah i mean that's all i really really know about it to be quite honest with you all right philly phil yeah what does the google machine tell you um alan boot i guess the the were the founders Al, uh, yeah, Alan Boots and yeah, his, Boot. his wife. His wife's <laughs> yeah. name was Boots. I think Boots was her nickname. But it, yeah, that was her nickname. Yeah, All right. but I mean, she, I think she went by Boots. Yes, and um, they were kind of visionaries. It sounded like you know he he borrowed a tractor to actually clear the land. It was about twenty acres and uh, put four different vineyards on the land. So I think some people thought he was a little nuts. It sounded like you know first on buying the property and then um you know clearing off the 20 acres and i guess the uh the climate there um when they were looking at pictures but it turned out that they got almost an immediate following and turned to be pretty successful pretty quickly right yeah absolutely so um but diamond creek I, i'm i'm expecting something probably a little bit earthy i i don't know i mean just from the the name itself and um looking forward to trying, trying the bottle. I mean, I know that, uh, Boots passed away in 2019 and now, uh, made it to about 2006 before they, before they sold the vineyard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let you mention when Boots passed away in 2019, that's kind of the transition. And, uh, you've got a French, uh, family who kind of are now the stewards and owners. And, uh, I think they're, they're very famous for a lot of their champagne and, um, have come in and taken over, but yet, um, you, as you mentioned, uh, Al and, and Boots, uh, I think it was Brownstein. Um, yeah, I didn't know how to pronounce her last name. 
yeah, I don't even know if I did it or not. I might have just hacked it, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> half the people in here don't even listen, don't that's even know true. what it is anyway, right? So we could just tell them and they know it. Um, yeah, they, they bought this piece of land up in Calistoga. And, and if you think about it, like just kind of knowing again, it's like if you're headed north, um, headed up towards Calistoga, say from St. Helena, um, it's just on the left-hand side. So you're going to get kind of that evening, you know, sun kind of goes away, right? So it's that first break sun. You get the sun rise. It'll hit the crops. And then at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be where it's kind of shut off um, from the mountainside. So, you know, it, it does like as we man had, had leaded to th those kind of, kind of cooler evenings are going to kind of come a little bit quicker. Um, as you had mentioned also there, there's that four kind of distinct valleys and that's where you, you'd say like Al kind of, you know, rented a tractor and started planning. Um, he just thought it was kind of a neat and unique place because it had like red rock, and then it had like as as we mentioned this kind of um, old uh, you know kind of gravel river yep. riverbed, and then it had a big volcanic hill all in this little same area. So um, what a kind of a cool thing! And and I know that Al is pretty uh, passionate. It was it's really weird. I I saw something. I didn't know a ton about him, but um, he was in this I guess in the drug business. You know pharmaceutical business type oh, of thing that kind of yeah drugs. legal drug stuff legal <laughs> it, it legal, is california yeah, yeah, yeah. no legal business like back um you know in the early 60s he was uh taking um he was taking some like courses in college like um you know kind of going through stuff and he wanted to take french and then the only way he could do it was like there i think all the french classes or something were all taken so he ended up getting into the wines of France, which made him like, wow, this is really cool. Um, he befriended the owners of Ridge, um, you know, awesome winery we've had before. And I think we've even done a bottle on this um, podcast before. Uh, so he, he started working to land. Um, he and Boots did, and they went out and kind of understood the harvest season, kind of got it on. And then, like I said, went out and found this really neat piece of land. Um, got some of the top people to come out, take a look. And they said, hey, you should plant Cab Sauv. Um, went over to France. I think he got a lot of the rootstock from there. Um, and because of that rootstock, he ended up getting, um, it survived some of the issues that were the, uh, the fungus played um, in like the 1980s. So um, it's uh, it's kind of a unique thing. So they said the soil oh, drains real rapidly, which makes it, a little more of a struggle right for the yeah, vines for the vines yeah that makes sense to get the moisture so yeah it kind of stresses them out a little bit more which seems to be unique to that particular you know to that particular piece of land yeah the gravelly meadow on a prehistoric riverbed like you talked about yeah the prehistoric thing's kind of cool right yeah it's that like, is kind of cool it's, it's pretty neat um so we'll get into it a little bit so um we man, obviously, we, we're kind of expecting maybe some of these earth tones, little dinosaur bone tasting in this thing, right? <laughs> Gravelly rock. Yeah. Um, this has been sitting open for about an hour now. Uh, so we've got plenty of air on it. Like I said and mentioned, it, it's a 2012. So I'm, I'm figuring that we're in a good life cycle of it. Um, about the time you should be opening this and enjoying it. So uh, let's have a little taste here and let's get your thoughts, guys. Philly, Phil, your palate's coming along now, so I'm going to give you a first crack at this. And you tell me 
what you're getting off of it, what kind of comes to notice for you off the nose and kind of first touch of it and, and taste of it. What you think? It's like a more velvety, a little softer. Okay. Um, I would say maybe some some plum on the front end, but then it finishes a little bit dry for me. Um, I I agree with you hundred percent. I I get a lot of plum on the front end. What about you, Wee Man? Dark fruit of some sort. I uh, mm-hmm. can't exactly pinpoint what that is, but um, the nose smells really good. Uh, like Philly Phil mentioned, fairly velvety, um, but Towards the back there, you'd certainly get some tannins on the tongue there. Um, I get a little bit of, um, on the nose to me, I get a little bit of this older, mustier wood yeah. smell. You guys get that? I see that. Um, you know, we've we've kind of, we man, you and I had some of those older, like I mentioned, like the 2001. Um, Deldado. That Deldado mm-hmm. that we had uh, during Thanksgiving, and we had that older Kieber. Um they kind of uh, they kind of get towards more of like this uh, kind of Bordeaux taste sometimes to me when they get older. I like my wines young, you know. <laughs> you guys know that. Um, but uh, you kind of get that kind of a little bit of an older, mustier smell to it. Yeah, but I'm I'm not getting as as much earthy tones as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't want to smack my tongue. Yeah, I, mean, I keep going. I go to get the very end. I th- I think that's where all the that profile where you're talking about yep. it's very plum forward. Um, I definitely think it's plum. By the way, uh, Philly Phil, I think he hit the nail on the head with that. He's getting pretty good at this. He is. That's why I made him go first. <laughs> um, but I do kind of think that back end and some of that back end palette is some of that soil, the rock taste. I think some of that sharpness yeah. and the backside is is where that earth. Tones are coming through a little bit. It used to drive me crazy, but it's kind of grown on me. The the earth tones, yeah. About. The minerals. I should make you guys do fucking scarecrow again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we tore that. If you guys have not listened to that air, that episode, these guys absolutely slaughtered like a seven hundred dollar bottle of scarecrow. Thought it was the worst thing they'd ever had in their entire life because it tasted like old rocks in the back. But I it think did. if you went back and revisit it, which you're never going to be allowed to again, I'm never going to open it for you. Um, I think you'll get a lot of that profile just like this what else i mean you said velvety um i don't get a ton of elegance on it i mean i don't think it's like this just absolutely smooth perfect you know i think it's it, it's very unique um in the in its whole entire makeup and profile um to me it's got this nose and i'm like oh god this is not going to be like it's not going to be very berry forward. I just don't. And then it surprises you with that plumness. To it does, it. but then it gets really dry pretty quick. And it gets dry in the end. end. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a unique one. Which I haven't had before. Usually it stays all the way through. There's like a fruit, you know, and it just stays velvet. But then you get the earth tones yeah. towards the back end. And it's like, smack your lips. It it's um it's pretty interesting. It makes your tongue jump oh, around. Yeah, it jumps around. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's crazy. It really is. It's pretty unique. What else do you think, Wee Man? What else do you have on this? Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm pretty surprised by this. I I was expecting certainly something a little bit more earthy and mineral, but this is um, it's definitely more more fruit than I was expecting in here. 
For... So is this from the gravelly meadow? Yes. That, yes. That yes. So, that's right. yeah. So and this was they on... got the other ones, right? They got the the red, red rock, rock terrace, exactly, and the volcanic hill. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I mean, maybe plum. I'm getting other other. I don't know. Dark fruit notes though too. I just couldn't. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is. Yeah. We talked about this, so um, it's it's pretty um, it's it's pretty unique, um, and it, it, you kind of get the taste of old vine. Um, you kind of you guys can kind of taste it a little bit. It's got a little bit of an older vine taste to it. I can when I smell it. On right. The nose. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and certainly on the on the back on the finish is where I get that too. Yep. So you got the soil creating it, and from an elevation standpoint. It, they're not very 550 yeah, yeah feet, 550 think, which isn't hot but isn't that high right um i mean There's no and yes certainly... right i mean it's definitely higher than the napa floor right mm -hmm. um so it's got some elevation to it um but on the grand scheme of things i mean no but it's not at diamond mountain either right? correct correct so i mean yeah i think it's a little bit of a mix of, of both so a couple of things that, that are interesting. Obviously, we talked about Al and Boots. What a great name, right? Boots. Um, you know, absolutely, you know, that family business, it sounded like, did not carry on. So I don't know if they had kids or whatever, but, you know, it didn't go. And so they, they found a, a family um, out of France. Um, We've seen so that Lewis, a few times now, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And um, they, so this Louis Road, I think it's Roger or I don't know. This is why we don't do French fucking analysis <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. But anyway, that family is a champagne based company. You know, they've gotten all kind of stuff. They've acquired um, just so much, you know, different vineyards out in Napa. Along with Diamond Creek, they ended up getting like Mary Edwards, which is, you know, really good Chardonnays and all kind of stuff in Sonoma. Um, you know, they've also got places like in Anderson Valley, Mendocino, um, you know, it, it's just a, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of acquisitions and, um, you know, I, I kind of think the, um, the one thing that's kind of unique to me is, it's like, you think about Allen Boots, they, they probably started this just like everybody else. We talked about like Chateau Montalina, right. And, um, kind of how is these farmers out there and just going to pasture and, you know, taking out basically these cow pastures or olive farms or whatever they were fruit farms and then turn them into these vineyards um and becoming real working you know farmers who made these wines um now um it's almost impossible to get out there and you've got to be on the mailing list and be active on the mailing list which i think is even crazier what, like to set foot to even vineyard? to even go and and visit Wow. And it's a 90 minute tasting. And guess how much the tasting is? 250. Yeah, it is. It's $250. Right. That's absolute horseshit, that's, that's which they don't even applaud anything to. And yeah. I was like, wow. Now that's gotten to the point that's like, come on now. Right. I mean, any, you, you've been, we man. Yeah. I mean, anytime that you're a good, you know, mail list client or customer, I mean, they're going to get your tastings they, are going to be free, right? Typically are going to give you <laughs> at least two or four people free at least once a year. Exactly. Or, you know, Hey, if you buy wine from us, we'll credit you your tastings, exactly. right? Nope. Not at Diamond Creek. So, um, it, it kind of gives me this little bit when, when I read that, I was like, that's a little bit pretentious, you know, 
And is I that, saw it's, that. You it's know, hard to say without actually going on the It is. Thing. And there's other places like that, like some older ones too, like Spotswood. I tried to go there. Um, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to have you out. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I'm the beard of knowledge. I have a podcast. Plus, I spent a shit ton of money out here in Napa. You, here, here's my references, right? Here's here's this vineyard, this vineyard. This yeah, we just don't have time for you. And it's kind of got to the point on some of these. I'm like, really? Yeah. And so it, it kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth. And now I want to find the new families that are new and starting, you know, up and, you know, support them. So, so Alan Boots had that even before the French? I think that's all kind in. of the fucking oh, that, French. That was the French coming in. Over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blame the French on that one. It looks like Boots had a kid uh, named Phil. Oh, fuck, Phil. What the fuck? <laughs> Phil Ross. So if you couldn't step foot on this place, where did this bottle come from then? Um, this was acquired in a drug deal switch. Yeah. Um, you kind of go on that drug thing, but, um, with old Al, but no, this one I acquired for my local wine store. Um, I honestly, I think this was acquired through a restaurant that was going out of business. Okay. And that was, was going to be like, my question. It was like a lot. Distribute. I think that, I think there is some distribution, but I think this was probably like restaurant only distribution. Gotcha. And uh, that's how I got my hands on this one. That so it's the only bottle I have, and so yeah. I've been kind of you know waiting. And this was the 40th anniversary. Like I said, it was a 2012. Um, you know, so I thought it was kind of a unique thing for us to kick off the fourth season with. And how the hell we made it four seasons, I have no idea. <laughs> Basically, we just did do a podcast for the last four months or five months. You know, we made it through. So. We got a couple of minutes, guys. I want to wrap it up and uh, get your overall thoughts. If you forgot how this works, we're going to give it out of 10 bottles. Uh, kind of give us a breakdown about the uh, the wine again, what your likes, dislikes, and um, you know overall what you think. So, Philly Phil, I'm going to pour you a little bit more here so All you right. can uh, remember what it tastes like. Yep. And then uh, kind of tell us, hit it up again, and tell yeah, us what I mean, your thoughts I, are. I, I'm going to rate it in an 8.5 for me. Um, I do like the, uh, the velvet taste and I like the uniqueness of it. I mean, I haven't had a wine like this. Well, in a while, we really haven't had a podcast, <laughs> but even, you've been drinking shit wine since you haven't yeah, been on the podcast. Even beyond that. I mean, I just think I, I like the unique uniqueness of it where it's sort of, you know, velvety fruit based in the beginning and then really smacks you on the end with some of those earthy tones. So for me, it's a. It's an 8.5. We men. Similar lines to Philly Phil. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I was definitely expecting a more mineral taste, to be quite honest. Um, I'm I'm probably at like an 8, I would think. Okay. Um, I, I certainly enjoyed it, and I would definitely drink it again if given the opportunity. So, to me, there's a couple of... Um things with it uh, that I really, really enjoy. Um, one thing I don't enjoy is the nose, but I think that's the minerality. And yeah. so I've been trying not to to smell it as much, that old mustier kind of smell. Um, I, I just don't personally enjoy that. Like I said, I kind of like these younger, you know, oak forward noses. Um, so because of that, I haven't been sniffing it a lot. Um, you like the, the fresh, other, not dirty. Is that what you're yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like young and fresh. Um, <laughs> he likes it to smell good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I, there's one other thing that I was going to point out that, uh, that you guys didn't say that I think is another issue with it and it's really crushable. Um, this thing is something you can drink real quick to me. What, what do you, th what's your thoughts? Like 
I just feel like it's really crushable. Yeah. And it's it's really this it's it's not light, don't get me wrong, but it feels smooth and it feels like it could go down really quick. Um so it's not this big kind of heavy jammy. It's just this nice little plum and fruit and you kind of get all these nice berries and um you know everything up front yeah and then uh the back end's like it's like your tongue's just going crazy i mean it just goes everywhere you can crush it but you're not going to get another bottle of it so no i mean it's (laughs) done this is the last one we'll ever have probably um so for me i i think uh i usually don't like doing the halvesies but i think i have to do a halvesie um on this one i think i gotta go eight and a half um like philly phil said it's 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 pretty close to a nine just because of its sure uniqueness. Um, and I think I'm not going to give it a nine because uh, I don't like their tasting method. If, if it was still family owned and, um, you know, I could walk in there and do a tasting and they had their, you know, their family dog out there and that kind of stuff. I think that would probably sell me on it a little bit more. Boots was kicking up her boots, you know. Yeah, exactly. Boots was out there chilling, you know. Kind of doing her thing and had the family dog running around. I think that's kind of like the perfect scenario for me. Of every picture I seen, she ain't wearing boots. By the way, so <laughs> <laughs> is she wearing flip flops? Because that'd be like, like sneakers. <laughs> she wearing New Balances so the I don't entire know where time. Boots came from. But... Well, who knows? <laughs> but to the next episode, right? Mm-hmm. Well, hey, if anybody out there knows, just hit us up on Instagram or uh, Facebook. Preferably Instagram, because I don't even know. We, I haven't even done anything on Facebook, and I don't think in forever. But um, if you do, just hit us up and let us know. Um, thanks so much for joining us. If you have not done it, make sure you are subscribing to us on Spotify or on um, Apple. Uh, so you know anytime that we've got recordings coming out. we uh looking forward to this new season, boys, uh, in uh, season four. Yeah, keep it rolling. Cheers, everybody. See ya. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.